What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Future Leads Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Raj, and to my left, we got... What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Coach Parsh is here once again at another lovely episode of Future Leads Podcast. And to my right, we got... Good morning, guys, or whenever you guys are watching this. Good evening, good night, if you're watching it to go to sleep. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. And Actually, we hope you don't fall asleep uh, <laughs> on this one because you got to take a lot of notes yeah. on this episode. Yeah, in today's episode, we are talking to a soccer nutritionist. So for all you soccer players, you take a lot of notes in this, in this subject. And this topic we're talking about today is Jamie. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Uh, in a brief um, couple words, can you explain, uh, explain, can you describe yourself to the audience? Yeah. So I'm Jamie Cooper. I am a registered dietitian and I specialize working in, um, obviously in nutrition, specifically with sports, um, with soccer players, especially youth athletes and helping families and coaches also as well to, to help understand how to support athletes. And we'll dive right, right into it. Why soccer nutrition? Yeah, I mean, it's what I played. I played other sports just for fun, like basketball and tennis, but that was just because they were fun. Um, soccer was my passion. And for a while, um, you know, in college when I was playing when I was playing at that level, I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist because I had torn my ACL. But really looking back on what I've always enjoyed and the things that I enjoyed uh, with my dad and my grandma and that surrounded, you know, that was surrounded by food. I loved everything that involved food and I wanted to figure out a way to pair that together with my love of soccer. And I also think that my own kind of journey, as far as not knowing how to fuel my own body throughout most of my career, I think has led me to want to make sure that we set these young kids up well so that they can have a longer career, hopefully not experience, you know, too many injuries and, and all that. Uh, you kind of, I feel like you kind of touched on the other question I'm going to ask, like, what, like, is, like, what are you trying to achieve? Like, what's your end goal with all this? Definitely, it is, one, making sure that these athletes are supporting themselves with their performance. You know, I know that they train a lot. I know that they have really lofty goals. I want to make sure that they're supporting themselves. But also, we can't you know, we can't forget about the fact that they are still growing individuals and we need to make sure that we're supporting them as a human being. And that is a really challenging thing right now, I think in our culture, because I think there's a little confusion in what that looks like as far as eating for performance and also eating to make sure that they're growing into their adult body. And we need to make sure that we're supporting the whole individual, not just the athlete. So why do you think that? Why do you think that there is some sort of misconception in, especially in, in America, right? Like if you compare it to 
Eastern Asia, right? Southeast Asia, especially. Uh, the diet is so different. And I don't know, what do you think? What's the reason behind that? Um, I don't know if there's any one particular reason. I think it's like a bunch of things. It could mm -hmm. be like the right, you know, the impact that social media has on, on young athletes and this, you know, maybe belief that you need to eat like this player to reach success. And I think that that's a really kind of, that's unhelpful. Um, and I think that it just gets people out of their own body. They're not able to make decisions. They're just making, they're making these choices based on what works or what is believed to have worked for someone else. Right. Um, so so I think that that's that, one thing. Yeah. So you believe basically that every human being, their body works differently compared to someone else. That's I think cool. that, I think there are minor intricacies that, that are going to play like what I like to eat, what my preferences are, how my body is going to be built based off of like some genetics, um, my own environment, what I have access to is going to be vastly different from any of you guys. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's unique to each of you. And so, you know, if we're looking at what works, sorry, um, if we're looking at what works for someone in Southeast Asia, like they don't have the level of access of food that's, you know, what Europeans would have. Like Europeans are able to access different types of foods. And so I think that understanding what works for each individual is really important to really maximizing um, what, you know, what performance looks like and make sure that we're meeting each individual's needs. Yeah, so, I never looked uh, back at on that. Sorry, Raj. It's just very interesting that every culture, it's like instilled in the DNA, basically. Mm -hmm. Throughout our like ancestors, you know, that what they have been consuming is kind yeah. of going down to our DNAs of our likings and our dislikings. Yeah, I mean, you think about it too, like even in the United States, we have different regions where certain, yeah. you know, different cultures within that region are really strong. So I am like, I live in the South. So what we have available here is a little bit different than what you would experience like in the Southwestern part of the United States. And I think that that's something that we can still honor what works best for us and what we have here and yeah. make that work rather than trying to force something that just isn't available to us that can make things more expensive and just make things a little bit more stressful mm -hmm. overall so in a sense you're adapting to what like kind of food is available to them like let's say what kind of foods they like to eat yep picking the healthiest options out of those foods so that they can like in a sense use those to kind of build their like their energy and stuff yeah so, like why why work why work against that when we can work with that especially at the beginning and then we can layer in yeah. what variety looks like but if we're not nail if we're not even meeting like if you're eating something that you hate every single day like how long do you think you're going to be like okay with doing that yeah. probably it's not it's not going to be something that is long lasting so like let's work with our food preferences and then we can work at expanding that out as you get more comfortable with what you're doing.
You're just so, taking like baby steps in a, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, take baby steps. Like don't, you know, there's no need to to try to act like Ronaldo or Messi when you can't even, you know, you haven't mastered the the basics yet. And mastery of the basics takes a really long time. Right. So yeah, Roger. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to, we basically, our goal is to, by the end of this year, have Roger fully uh, converted to a healthy diet. Yeah. <laughs> That's like you said, baby steps. Speaking of baby steps though. So I want to get your thoughts on vegan, right? Like the, the whole concept of vegan, is it veganism? Really not. <laughs> yeah. Veganism. Yeah. yeah. So I tried it. Right. And for my personal doings, right, my daily routines, it didn't necessarily match because, you know, especially when it's like uh, at, in the evening time when we train our players, we kind of need more of an energy, right? And what what I was consuming, maybe the things that I was consuming wasn't optimal as far as energy, but I didn't necessarily find that hype that everyone talks about it makes your body fully energized and all that i didn't see that so i kind of pushed it away i did it for like i would say a month like solid a whole 30 days um i it didn't work for me but i want to hear your thoughts as far as for soccer players especially um do does this veganism work or is it again different bodies different likings yeah i think that we first need to ask why anyone wants to do what they're doing. So if they're, if someone is ever entertaining the idea, I want to go vegan, what are your intentions with it? Is it, I have a strong, you know, belief and conviction that killing and eating animals is, you know, against my beliefs. Okay. Like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that is an important that, that's important to you. Let's make sure, you know, we eat, we support you in a way that is going to support your whole body. If someone is doing it to lose weight or think that it's going to improve performance, I will say that being vegan just means that it is going to be more difficult to, um, support your body. It doesn't mean that it's, it's impossible. There are athletes out there that choose to eat vegan and they do yeah. that. They may have more resources in terms of, um, what they can afford, um, purchasing from those places are often more expensive, but usually when it comes to like vegan, um, products, they require more food in order to meet those same caloric needs. And while everyone has different caloric needs, um, they are, yes, they are very nutrient dense, but we also need to be eating stuff that is calorie dense if we're gonna support performance. Mm -hmm. And so you may need to eat more than you would if you were just following, um, let's say just like a standard diet that has a lot of um, grains, animal protein, that kind of stuff. So I would be, I would be cautious in entering that stuff just because there's going to be things that, you know, you're not necessarily getting because you're not eating animal products. So like your B vitamins, um, that's something that we need, you know, work closely with a dietitian to make sure that you are doing it well, um, if that's what you choose to do. But I think a lot of people that see that may kind of 
express that they're noticing really good changes in in energy levels you know oftentimes it's just because they're eating more fruits and vegetables and grains like that stuff like i i don't want to say that that veganism is overhyped um but i think that when it comes down to it you're just incorporating more fruits and vegetables and grains into your diet and that's something that you could do without having to not eat meat if you know, your beliefs weren't about, you know, harmful animal cruelty, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's, those are, those are my, my beliefs in a, in a nutshell. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) But, um, for Coach Dimitri comes, we're going to go into, um, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can. Do you want to go? Because yeah, I got one. Like, go. So let's say I'm a soccer athlete. I play, in, let's say I'm in that youth league, playing high school and stuff like that. And I want to change my diet and so that I can incorporate that when I go to college. How would you, in a sense, come about like starting with that? So I, when I'm working with anyone, especially at the beginning, I need to understand what they're currently doing. And I, I spend some time not changing anything. I want to see what they're doing. I want to ask them a bunch of questions. I want to see what their schedule is like. I want to know what life is like for them. Um, oftentimes when I'm meeting with, with young athletes, you know, I remember just like them, um, what my behaviors were around food. And while I loved food, I didn't always eat, um, all of my meals or I didn't eat complete meals. And that is still the trend that I see with a lot of, um, young athletes is they're skipping meals. So breakfast and lunch, if it's not both of them, it may, maybe one of them that they are not eating that meal. So that's number one problem. We need to make sure that we're actually eating all three meals. So I'll start by just making sure eat something at first. It doesn't mean we have to eat a complete meal just yet, but if you're skipping breakfast or you're skipping lunch, I want you to eat something. Then eventually we start to incorporate, okay, let's learn what makes a a balanced complete meal and why this is important. Because if you're not doing that, then you're not fully supporting not only your performance, but you're not supporting what you need daily as you go into your classes. If you're true, if you are wanting to play in college, you're not just an athlete, you're a student athlete and grades matter. So nutrition is really important to make sure that they have energy going into the day and as well as having energy by the time they have their training, which is, you know, afternoon, evening times. And if they didn't eat breakfast or lunch, then they're really putting themselves in a hole by the time that training starts. And that coach is probably going to notice and probably not happy with them. And I was like, like I kind of dab- dibble and dabble into nutrition sometimes. And yeah. uh, <laughs> like this guy that like I always like watch and stuff, like he used to say that, most of the time when people try to lose weight, they go crazy with like all these foods and stuff like that. But like, you really need to watch your calorie intake, right? You need to like 
know your calories and how much you kind of like eat throughout the day and like eating breakfast is important because like when you sleep your body is kind of repairing itself right so after all that work it does it's like now it's hungry so it needs to get all those nutrients back to kind of go about the day so that's why breakfast is important and lunch because after that you know you need to kind of go through the rest of the day and then you go back to sleep again and then rest so it's kind of like a whole system like a those little systems for your body and it will help it out but people try to just like go all crazy and be like oh let me change my diet let me do this let me do that but like it's like first you gotta take that one little step you know yeah and I think that people are always looking for kind of like the cheat code and I think that when you're always searching for like oh my gosh like have you heard about this have you heard about this have you heard about this I think that it it really is distracting from what you need to be doing every single day like this stuff is not is not like Las Vegas where the lights are flashing and it's like so fun like sometimes like doing this stuff is just what you need to do it's what you need to do to support your body and it's not this like sexy flashy thing that like makes you look like you know Ronaldo it's it's not meant to be like that but I think that people get caught up in you know the new diet that's out or you know, whatever, when they're not even doing, again, the basics well, like if you're not eating breakfast, you just spent, you know, anywhere from like seven to 10 hours sleeping, you're going to wake up. And if you don't eat breakfast, then you're going potentially even four more hours after that going into lunch. And then that's already putting you at a deficit. And let's say you don't even really eat lunch because maybe you don't like what they offer at school or lunch is the time that you socialize so you don't eat then well then guess what you're going into that training session with what like are you think an energy drink is going to do that or you think going to sonic and getting a drink is going to do that and that's like temporary it's like it's it is unfortunate because it is going to have long-term impacts that you may not you know kids don't really see right away but that's where the injuries happen. That's where um, we'll start to see stuff with like bone, uh, bone issues going on. And then, you know, what, what that can look like later on is, is unfortunate, but. So you were saying like the long, like long-term effects, like the kids don't often like know that. Do you think that, so the parents have kind of an influence as well on what they eat and what they take in and how much they're eating as well and things like that definitely I think that the way that I especially the way that I work with families is helping families understand the roles that each person in the family plays when it comes to meals like the meal routine snack routine that kind of stuff like the parents are going to be responsible for what gets purchased when they have their meals and where they decide to eat those meals. And that's not always going to be like at the dinner table that may be, Hey, we've got to eat on the road. We've got to yeah. eat in the car, that kind of stuff. But then the athlete 
is the one that determines how much they eat, what order they wanna eat the food that's offered and whether they wanna eat at all. And when we cross over, like if a parent's trying to cross over into an athlete's role and telling them they have to clear their plate or they have to eat something or whatever, like then that's where we're gonna have a lot of issues around meals and a lot of struggle at meals. And that's, you know, that's, that's unfortunate, but really common. And so parents can really help their athlete understand these long-term ramifications of what happens. But that's like, you know, if I just told you, hey, if you don't eat and these are all the bad things that are going to happen to you, like it doesn't necessarily hit the same. It's this daily conversation that's had with parents saying like, how did you feel, you know, you know, after your practice, when you didn't, you didn't have breakfast, you didn't have lunch, like, how did that make you feel? And that's, that's where parents, I think, can really help athletes understand the importance of short-term fueling for long-term, you know, uh, success. So I have a question. Okay, go ahead if you, go ahead. Yeah, one, one other thing uh, I want to kind of hit is, uh, like, Ackline, I've been, reading this article about Akaline and how it can help benefit athletes if Let me try. I would say ask that question after because that's a different topic I want to stick a little bit around the breakfast and another topic but Akaline that's a must we gotta touch base on that for sure uh, so I want to get your thoughts on the idea of cow milk right whole cow milk and also the fact behind breakfast right so I've heard and I've done research and I've just experimented as well. I haven't eaten breakfast for almost like four months now. And my performance overall, like in mind and overall has increased tremendously. Now, obviously as a kid, you do need to intake more nutrition for the growth to happen. But I want to get your opinion. Um, is that again something that each body is different or something that is at a certain age is very important to have that word break fast as what it sounds like you're basically breaking your fast but at a later time not when you just wake up you know because your body still the system within is going through some processes so if you put those calorie intakes and all that in, in your body your body's kind of like, whoa, what is happening? I'm just getting up. I'm just waking up. I'm just, you know, rebooting the system. So that's one topic I want to get your thoughts on. And then we can talk about the whole milk. Yeah, I think that understanding why someone does what they do, like what their goals are. So what your goals are is completely independent of what, you know, anyone else's goals are. So I think that's really important to understand that just because you're doing that doesn't mean that someone else does. And just because someone else is doing something doesn't mean that you need to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if that's what you find works for you, then, you know, that's great. I think that understanding the amount that someone needs, even like if we're not even talking about the performance piece of anything, just what we need on a daily basis to do the dishes, cook meals, do our laundry, brush our teeth, all these things that requires a certain level of calories. 
And that's obviously going to be independent, you know, that's going to be individual. But then we layer in what do you need in order to support the training that you're doing. So your training is probably looking different than what they're doing. And so if we are not eating enough to cover that, then yes, you may be in a deficit. And if your goal is to lose weight, then there you go. But that doesn't mean that that's necessarily supporting performance in the long run. Now for kids, I am very cautious about, you know, coaches talking about what they do because kids, I, I don't share what I do because I don't want them because my goals, my goal is not to play in, in a game. Like I, I work out, I do my own stuff, but I want to make sure that they're not doing what I'm doing because my goals are different. So a kid does need to eat breakfast because if they're not, and they're only eating two meals, but they may be snacking in a day, I can guarantee they're not going to eat and they're not eating enough to support just daily needs for their growth because they are growing into like this is besides being um, an infant, infant, when they're in that infant stage, that's the largest growth phase that these kids are going to have aside from adolescent. So if they're not eating enough to cover that, and that's where having that structure with the different meals and snacks, then that has repercussions, not only in just like their growth and development, growth and development, but their reproductive health, their bone health, um, their metabolic health, all of these things, all of these systems are going to be impacted. And that's the long, you know, the long-term consequences that a lot of these kids just don't care about. Right. They don't so care. To, they don't care. To it's hear. not that not to eat breakfast is like, at what time are you going to eat breakfast? Right. Yeah. So what, like what time do you starts, eat breakfast? Right. It's like, does that because I feel like, all right, so the body digests the whole food in how many hours? Like, how many hours does it take for a food, food to yeah. digest? It, de it really depends on the composition of the meal, but anywhere between three and five hours is, is how long it takes. Okay. So the amount of stuff in the food determines how many hours it's going to take. How much and what? is how is really going to be God, what it, yeah. what it is if it's like a meal that has a little bit more like fat and fiber that's probably going to take a little bit that's going to take longer if it has a little less than that then it'll be shorter okay got it because I've, I've heard again i'm not a nutritionist right but i have i do research every now and then and i've heard that usually as you get older right like in teen preteen up it turns to five to eight hours of uh, digestion. So when that happens, right, if that is true, right, how would that work as far as breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Because if you're intaking breakfast, let's say at seven o'clock, because you have school, right, at 9, 8 a.m., that's eight hours past that, that's lunchtime, right? And then you eat again at like 8 p.m., so does that, is that the correct format or like, do you disagree with the digestion system? Like, I, I want to hear, like, is that correct as far as five to eight hours or have that you? Is, that is false. Okay. That is false. It doesn't mean that like your whole entire meal is like completely, so like completely empty, but you're going to start to 
become hungry and hunger looks like losing focus, stomach, maybe growling, stomach pains. And if you're ignoring that, then that's going to make it really hard to operate really well during your classes. <clears throat> so there is a reason why we do have meals structured the way that we do, because breakfast, if they have that anywhere between 6 and 8 a.m., and they have lunch maybe anywhere between 11 and 1, those are kind of in that, that general area. Lunch and dinner are going to be a little bit spaced out. And that's where, you know, any training sessions that they have, any games that they have are going to impact when they have dinner. <clears throat> and so understanding, okay, like if they're going to be eating dinner, but they have a training session, we don't want them eating that dinner, like, the hour before they have a training session because of digestion. So we're keeping in mind, even when we're placing meals, what all, you know, what that is going to do when they're playing their game training or when they're going to be at school, because we're not just eating um, for physical energy. We're eating for our mental health. We're eating to make sure that we have enough calories spread throughout the day so that they can also like turn on muscle protein synthesis so they can actually build muscle. They can actually um, make sure that their bones are developing the way that they need to. Okay. Cause I mean, I feel like there are different sources cause I'm looking and it's saying different stuff. I think it depends on the fiber level as well. Like if it has five fiber, it will obviously digest faster. Um, but I'm seeing like a range of between five to eight hours here on healthline.com and like a bunch of other websites but again i do believe that fiber level plays a huge role in that now <clears throat> this one um something that i've thought for a long time is beneficial right i want to hear your thoughts on it cow milk right the ones that are sold at stores not like the authentic you just you know squeeze it from the uh, cow right away but authentic ones not not those I'm talking about the ones that are pasteurized and all that are they truly good for the body as everyone says it is yes they are um I will say this if you are someone who is of like Asian descent or you're black, it, it makes it a little bit harder to, to, we don't process um, lactose very well. Like I myself am lactose intolerant. It doesn't mean that I exclude myself from dairy, but we, there are different um, cultures and ethnicities that are going to be a little bit more sensitive to it. And a lot of the claims that let's say dairy is inflammatory is absolutely false and inflammation doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but dairy is not, um, is not inflammatory and cow's milk specifically has so much nutrients packed into it. So anyone that's choosing a milk alternative, um, you know, if they are lactose intolerant, it's completely fine. If they prefer the taste of something else other than cow's milk, again, that's perfectly fine. Um, the only other kind of compare comparative one would be like soy milk. 
to cow's milk. So if there's like a, um, if there is like a preference over that, then great. What about almond milk? Um, it's not, it's not very like side by side cow's milk mm -hmm. beats it every single day. Mm -hmm. It's got carbohydrates. It's got protein. Um, depending on the level of fat that's in there, that can be helpful, especially for young athletes to get some extra calories in there. Um, it is another source of hydration. So instead of um, water, it can be a really great alternative for that as well. So I, I like to encourage my athletes to choose um, like chocolate milk as a recovery source because it is, it is like a very packed out fluid. So if the body, right, does react to, like you said, lactose, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that the way of body telling you to not put that in me? So why not necessarily. So why not necessarily. I think that that's, I don't think that it's, it's like that. I think that um, when it comes to like, for me, it, if I drink regular cow's milk, that, that makes me, that makes my stomach hurt. That doesn't mean that cow's milk equals bad. Um, I use Fairlife, which is, it's a, it's an ultra filtered milk. Um, and so that lactose gets taken out of it. And the milk, the milk properties are still there and I don't have any problems with it. That doesn't mean that milk equals bad or that it's bad for human consumption. Um, I think that that's, you know, a, a fallacy with it. And I think that that's, I understand the thinking, but I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's just not true. It doesn't mean that that's if true. you are, if you are allergic to something, and that doesn't mean that you're intolerant to if you're actually allergic to something or it's otherwise medically advised, you don't take it, then don't, don't take it. Okay. I just think it, it sounds like an allergy as well. Like when you're lactose intolerant, you are, your body's showing some sort of, um, you know, reaction to it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad for everyone. It yeah. just means that your yeah. body is not able to digest it correctly the way that, yeah you know an so I, yeah. yeah an allergy is different than an intolerance and i think understanding yeah. understanding similar ish kind of like your body is reacting quote-unquote negatively to it which is kind of like all right because i when i eat shrimp right my bottom lip kind of inflames right it doesn't mean shrimps are necessarily bad for a human being it just means that my body is a little bit more reactive to it. So that was kind yes. of my point for yeah. the milk as well. But uh, yeah, good good to hear yeah. your thoughts, good. But with that saying, does, isn't it like also taking out waste out of your stomach, out of your body? Say that again? Isn't that taking waste out of your body anyways? What do you mean? If you take the milk with the lactose, basically. Yeah, like, like, like your stomach, like, reacts to it like you're still gonna use the restroom and it's still gonna take like waste out of your body in a sense right i mean isn't that what you do every time you go to the bathroom like that the whole process within the body is anything that you eat i hope that you're not just like peeing but i hope that you're having bowel movements yeah. and and bowel movements are necessary 
to take out any kind of extra waste, especially fiber, but any kind of waste out of out of your body so that it doesn't build up, you know. Yeah, so that's also like even if like let's say because milk has like more like good to it than just like oh if I hit it my I drink it or something like that my stomach hurts so like in a sense like I I used to be the same way right I used to I still like milk right but when I have a lot of that I still have to use it like yeah. stuff so it's like but I had to get like I'm from Africa and when you said the thing about like milk and soya milk that's what we used to we used to only have in Africa you know what I mean so like when I came here that's when they started talking about almond milk strawberry milk and all the other stuff <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure strawberry milk is flavored yeah so that's when they started talking about all those stuff so I'm just like I mean back in the days always being like milk makes your bones strong your bone marrow strong it makes all those stuff like healthy and stuff like that so that's why sometimes when I, I hear all this other stuff, I'm just like, huh. <laughs> I'm just going to stick to what <laughs> was said back in Africa, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, and I think that that's like, if that, you know, again, like, find what works for you. Like, if you are someone who likes regular milk, go for it. If, if you're someone like me who I prefer regular milk. I just can't tolerate it like that. Then I'm going to do fair life. If, you know, and there's other brands too, like A2. But if you're someone who doesn't like that at all, like, yes, you can have almond milk. Yes, you can have oat milk. They just are not comparable. So having to figure out what works to <laughs> add to that, I think is important. Yeah. And, 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 and like, that's the beauty of it all. Like, when I work with clients, we can literally make anything work. It's just understanding if this is what you like, great. This is what we need to make sure that we're supporting that process and that, um, and make that happen. And in your, uh, in one of your posts, um, you said taking high in, um, high protein intake diet is like, it's a lie. And I was just trying to see like, just get your opinion on like why you think that is yeah so a lot of coaches um tell athletes and I think that's just like a really popular thing like high protein right now is is having a moment and I'm not against protein I we need it the problem is protein really makes us feel full and satiated so we don't get hungry um, too soon afterwards. So if we're eating a high protein diet, we're likely not eating enough of the other stuff like carbohydrates or even adding some fat in there. So it can cause, um, athletes to one under fuel, but also underperform because they're not eating enough of those carbohydrate sources. That is what is going to help, especially a soccer player, like a footballer to be able to have the energy for not only like their game, but to have it across, you know, spread throughout the entire day. So having more of a high carbohydrate diet, as well as having protein at every single meal is super important for all athletes. Is that pre-match and training or is that like all, because wouldn't, don't you necessarily kind of have like micro tears when you are 
performing at a high intensity. So kind of like replenishing those proteins to intake protein. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, protein is necessary for a lot of things. It's rebuilding, it's repairing. Um, every time you go and have a training session, every time you have a game, every time you're doing some activity, yes, there are going to be those micro tears and that's where protein is helpful. If you are eating like 40 grams of protein at each meal and eating protein after the game or your training session, well, you're probably so full on that protein that you're not eating enough carbohydrates to even make sure that you are not preventing um, your bones from breaking down. Mm -hmm. So without having those carbohydrates or without eating enough of it, you're not going to have enough energy. You're not going to have enough stamina. You are going to be affecting that bone building and that muscle repairing that goes on um, that's needed from protein. And that's where carbohydrates are really helpful. So kind of switching that and not saying, it's not saying low protein. That's what I'm not saying. It's just that priority of protein is important, but it's not a high protein diet. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also I think what you're focusing on is basically allowing the players, allowing the soccer players to understand when to intake more of which right so like before a training session before a match obviously you need to have enough energy stored aka carb intake correct and then protein afterwards to not like a lot of protein before but like more so afterwards is that what i'm getting kind of sort of i mean when i'm building when i'm helping an athlete build a fueling strategy it's helping them to understand the the frequency of these meals, what these meals need to be composed of and making sure that, you know, kind of the last piece of all this is really the, the nuances and the intricacies of when you take in, you know, this, um, fuel and what do you do afterwards? Like if you're doing the stuff, like if you're bookending your training sessions, you know, only focusing on that, but you're skipping meals, you're not, you're still not going to see, you know, positive effects in the, you know, overall, but yes, like when we're looking at all of this, it is making sure that they are understanding, you know, the roles of each macronutrient and understanding when that stuff, you know, needs to be consumed and what works for their schedule. Yeah. Also doing research it was said that um, fat and carbohydrate for like an athlete is the most important, right? When you're doing whatever you're doing. And then like protein comes like, you know, afterwards, right? Because people try to like focus on protein, 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 and your body needs all the other nutrients to like work as it, as it will. So mm-hmm. you're trying to do, so that my, my, what I'm trying to get to is like, when we go to like this diet and stuff, right? When they try to tell you, okay, just eat this, just eat that, just eat this. Like, how do you like feel about that? And like, what would you tell an athlete to do? I think I know what you're asking. Are you, are you asking like when say someone on like social media is saying like to eat, eat this, eat that. And they're like taking that information in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, like, as a player, like, what do you do for yourself to, like, 
let that happen? I mean, I think that, you know, helping them to become aware that just because someone is saying you need to eat this and eat that, is that feasible? Is that something that you actually would like to eat? Is this even a complete meal or a complete snack? Is this something that you can bring in your backpack? Like there's a lot more questions that I end up asking to make sure that whoever I'm talking to understands and is able to apply that information. Because most information we can figure out how to apply it to ourselves, but I think understanding kind of the rationale and the thinking behind it um, I want my athletes to become critical thinkers. I want them to be able to not just consume the information, but ask themselves, why? Is this something that is is realistic for me? Is it beneficial for me? Is this a red flag? Is there a lot of misinformation out there? Because there's a lot of misinformation when it comes to nutrition. And that's where I see a lot of um, athletes practicing disordered eating and slipping into eating disorders. And that's not just female athletes. I'm seeing, I'm actually seeing a lot of um, boys around like middle school age that are practicing things that are, are really, you know, red flags for me. Like what? I mean, they're avoiding sugar, which when we, when we, when we think about this, like, we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's so great that they're doing that. But when it comes down to it, carbohydrates break down into glucose. And so there are ways that we can still utilize, you know, things like gummy bears and fruit snacks that are fun. They're tasty. They don't have any fiber in them. Guess what? That's like perfect versus you eating a grilled chicken salad before a game and having your stomach tore up, or you don't even have energy because there's no carbohydrates in there. So, well, so like, all right, so my counter to that is what is, what are gummy bears made out of? So if we're going to have sugar, sugar, why not? Yeah. But like what type? It doesn't matter. The, that's the thing. Like too many people get caught up on what kind of sugar is this? You know, is this a fruit sugar? Is this just dextrose? Is this sucrose? Is this fructose? All these sugars, the body is not like, nope, not going to do that. Not going to process that. Not going to use that. Like, it's not just like, oh, like we can't pronounce this ingredient. That's not what the body does. And we overcomplicate it. And what ends up actually happening is not that we, when we demonize, when we actually start thinking about foods and like, okay, this is good. This is bad. This sugar is good. This sugar is bad. There is a psychological component to this. And where I see kids starting to have real issues with food is they are getting so stressed out about what options to make. Or I just feel my coach just told me, um, I can't eat this. And now I'm at a birthday party and I don't want to eat this at all. It may even be my birthday party. And I don't want to eat this cake because I don't want to get, I don't want to get fat or I don't want to be told that I can't play. That stuff is damaging. And that's the problem that I see so many adults really taking a lot, like taking this approach that is making something so 
complicated and actually causing damage to these kids. And eating disorders have the highest mortality, one of the highest mortality rates, not obesity, not these kids, you know, not performing, like they're going to be fine. It's eating disorders. And there is a huge prevalence of this since COVID started and it's been happening. It's just COVID made it worse. Yeah. So there should be moderation and everything, right? Obviously, if it's a birthday cake, it's a birthday event. Like it's a once in a year, right? But if they you, don't, they it, don't know that though. Right. Like That's they're black and white, here, right? They're That's black and you, white thinkers. Yeah. There's and never I think, black and white, right? Yeah. So, they, they are black and white thinkers. And I think that helping them to understand that, like, they're not going to learn what moderation is. Like, just because you tell them that we have to teach them, like, what, having a positive relationship with food looks like having a positive relationship with their body looks like if they if they understand what that is it doesn't mean that they're not going to overeat candy one day or overeat something else but helping them to understand like when we are telling you don't eat this what we actually end up doing is putting that food kind of on this pedestal and it makes it super like oh my gosh like they start sneaking around with it and we want to take that (laughs) off the pedestal and make it more like normal so that they can be able to make a better decision saying you know what like I want something sweet but that candy doesn't act is not the sweetness that I want like I want this kind of sweetness and helping them to have that is super valuable so that they can be independent, you know? Well, I 100% agree with you that, and that psychological part is very important, right? And that's where people like you and people like us that we do our research and we want to make sure they understand the why, right? Not to be told like as robots, no, you should not eat this, right? Mm-hmm. I totally understand that, part. but I'm saying if there's an alternative to gummy bears, right? Which is unnatural, oh, yeah. why don't we like mostly promote that more. Like you, I think you mentioned dried fruits, like that compared to a uh, dry fruit has much more sugar compared to regular fruit for obvious reasons. Now, wouldn't that be a better alternative to let's say, you know, gummy bears or Smarties or stuff like that? Isn't there like an alternative to everything? Like, but a better just, alternative. Did, I want to hear your I thoughts. I mean, just, just, because, just because I may say, hey kid you you know gummy bears doesn't mean that there's not a conversation of hey like do you like crackers do you like a banana I think people get caught up in like why why do you only like why not why don't you say stuff about whole whole foods and like why why not something that comes from the ground and not from a lab and I think that that's you know I think that's just missing the point that this is not me ever telling kids like, oh, you're only going to eat ice cream and you're only going to eat cake and you're only going to have gummy bears and you're going to have a good, healthy relationship with all foods. I think that because I am giving them permission to eat something like gummy bears also gives them a permission to explore other foods that they may find work better. And that's could be a sports drink that has the same ingredients as fruit snacks or gummy bears. It's just in a different form and it's labeled as a sports food, a sports drink. So I think 
when, if I were to be talking to runners, you probably wouldn't be telling me I couldn't encourage them to eat gels, sports gels, but because it's a kid and I'm, I'm talking about, you know, gummy bears, which runners eat gummy bears as well, but they also could eat potatoes, um, rice balls, that kind of stuff too. Like there's so much variety out there. And I think when we say, yes, there's always something better. There is, but maybe not for that athlete and maybe not for their current situation. And maybe what they can fit in their backpack or what they can find at a gas station is this. And maybe that banana went bad in their backpack, you know? So being able for them, you know, I want them to have options. I want them to know that it's okay to enjoy food. I want them to know that it's okay to use food as fuel. I want them to know that being able to, to fuel for performance doesn't require you jumping over all of these hoops when if you're trying to do that, you're missing the mark all the time. Like doing the basics really well, enjoying your food is really important. And, and really, I think parents and coaches, myself, all play a role in allowing these kids to explore and not making them feel bad or feel guilty or feel like they are doing something wrong. We are, we are teachers and helping them to learn. And that's the important part. So, so when, when creating your uh, like diet plans for players, you never really like cancel any food for them. You're like, there's always a way to incorporate it or like with their diets, with what they're eating. Pretty much. I mean, thinking about this, like if they're eating like McDonald's, you know, uh -huh. like if I'm seeing that McDonald's is like the only thing. I'm going to ask them a bunch of questions like, are you, you know, is this, is this what your mom, you know, your parents can afford? Like, mm -hmm. is this something that you want? You know, if this is something that all their parents can afford, I'm not going to be like, you need to go to the grocery store and you need to like figure out what yeah. to do. Like, I'm going to say, okay, like, well, what can we do with, with what options you have? And I think mm -hmm. that is meeting them where they're at, not trying to get them to go somewhere where they don't have access to, or don't have a lot of control over because they may not, or yeah. it might be the opposite spectrum where mom only wants them to eat, you know, these types of foods and doesn't bring in anything else. And that may be a situation where it's just understanding and still honoring what that family values. And if I find that there's issues in terms of like maybe an eating disorder or not, then I'm going to bring that parent in and just, you know, let them into the conversation so we can see if they need other resources. So it's basically what I'm hearing is um, you basically whatever you're eating, right? In the sense of like, if it's sweets and if you deem it unhealthy and stuff like that, it's like um, you're regulating it. So like, if it's like you're eating too much sugar, all right, so if you're eating too much candy, now let's cut it down to like this much of candy from, from time to time, you know what I mean? If you're eating too much carbohydrate, you're eating too much protein, let's cut it down to this time, this time, so now you're, kind of watching what you're doing and like being like, and then kind of now saying, all right, can we like cut this back a little bit? Can we cut this back a little bit? And yeah, it, that. 
Jack. Yeah, I think that I think essentially those conversations happen in a way that's like, you know, if you find yourself only eating, you know, eating a ton of candy, like how does how does that really make you feel? Like I know it's fun, right? Like it tastes good, it's fun. But are you feeling like you're burning out soon afterwards? Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, like, hey, what could we do to help make that better? Is that pairing it with a protein so that it slows down? Is it maybe making sure that we spread it out a little bit more so you're not eating large amounts at one time. Maybe you're able to have it spread out throughout the day, but pairing it with a meal. I think that's how those conversations um, really happen so that they can learn to become more aware of what their habits are and what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. That's, that's where we're getting them to be independent thinkers and not just telling them like, don't eat this, don't eat that, only eat this, only eat that. Cause then they don't really know why. Yeah. Jamie, thank you so much. I mean, I know you gotta go. I know you're a busy woman, uh, <clears throat> but we didn't get to those parts that you want to get to. Hopefully we can have you on board, <clears throat> excuse me, have you on board for future episodes and talk more about alkaline diet. Cause that's something we were very excited and hopefully Roger will get excited about it soon. Uh, <laughs> To wrap up the episode, I want to uh, ask you five quick questions, right? To just answer in two, three words. Um, if you want to expand it, you can. But all right. So if you were deserted an island and you could only pick one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> steak. Just steak. <laughs> Probably a steak and like a good, um, maybe like some... Uh, like a baked potato with like, like a loaded baked potato. There the yeah. cards. There we go. <laughs> I mean, if it were one food, but like the meal, I would do. I would do that. That sounds. Okay. That sounds delicious. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite childhood memory? Um, playing basketball with my dad after school. Every day. Every day, like That's that is that is like my like that memory is means yeah. a lot to me. That's awesome. Um, what's one thing you wished all coaches and in this topic, nutritionists start doing more with their, uh, athletes. Referring out to people like myself, it doesn't have to be me, but referring out to professionals so that you coaches can like, you already have a lot on your plate. Mm -hmm. Like we can, we can help, um, aid in that what about nutritionists like Say that again. what's one thing you wished all nutritionists would do as well for their athletes from what you have seen what you've seen so far um oh, i don't know um <clears throat> probably just listen more <laughs> mm. <clears throat> and What's one thing you want people to remember you as when you're gone? <laughs> I like this question. Um, I think that I want them to remember that I, I cared for them, not just as an athlete, but who they are like off the field as who they were. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And the last question is, all right, so we know we ask you a lot of questions, right? But is there a specific question or a certain question that you wished we asked you in this episode that we didn't ask? Oh, I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of topics that we can into. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. It probably would be like, like what? I mean, I think you kind of answered. You kind of asked me this already, but like, what could us coaches do? for athletes like how could we how could we help these athletes um when it comes to this stuff because players value what you have to say and I have known many athletes that have had great coaches and I know many athletes that have had coaches that have really caused a lot of harm awesome so thank you so much again Raj yes thank you you guys are welcome Thank you, guys. I hope everyone got some good information from this. And where can they find you? Like, what platforms can they find you? And what is your name on there? Yeah. So you can find me at soccer.nutritionist on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I'm not going to give that out because I don't spend a lot of time on there. Um, But Instagram is really where you can find me. All right. So you can find us on all platforms. Uh, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok, all platforms. If you look, you search, you're going to find us. Even on Google. (laughs) Even on Google. But (laughs) I really hope you guys watch this episode because you will get a lot of information about it. And I actually like a lot of what you said. Because now I'm not forced to, you know, kind of go crazy on the diet part you know it's not that you're gonna but <laughs> i just have to tweak a little things you know? <laughs> but at the end of the day i hope you guys enjoyed it and coach parson do you have any last words no i hope you were taking notes ladies and gentlemen because there are a lot of stuff that were said and don't want to have those things go over your head because there are a lot of good important things but I hope we can have you on board, Jamie, again in the future episodes because, uh, you know, nutrition is a rabbit hole. And once you dive into it, it's just like never ending. So we have a lot <laughs> of other questions as well. Yeah. But yeah, amazing having you here. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching. And thank you again, Jamie, for spitting some facts and letting the people know what you need and what they should be looking for in a diet and a coach, a nutritionist as well, what they should be looking for in those type of people. And just thank you again for being here. And yeah, hope to have you back again. And last words for everybody. Peace. Peace.